1: I feel like
0: we can run the table. We're going do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SP Nation. I cover the NFL for Rank Sports. And you can follow me on Twitter at LockedOnPackers.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. And you can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. You can find my work over the course of the offseason at FanRag nfl. You can find it at AcmePackingCompany.com. You can find it on Twitter. And we're going to have a, a ton of content coming through all of the offseason, covering the draft, covering free agency. So keep an eye out for that. I will always make sure to let you know about the work that I am doing more than just what's on this podcast. But I do appreciate you being a part of our offseason journey here on this podcast because there are going to be, I think, more than normal, interesting conversations to be had about this offseason in part because we don't know what Ted Thompson uh, is going to is going to contribute here and not contribute. We don't know what Brian Gutekinst is going to do in his first year, first offseason as the general manager, how are the coaching changes going to affect how the Packers move forward? We don't know the answers to any of those questions and in fact, I don't know that we can even begin to answer some of those questions. We'll get more information as we move forward. Today is going to be a positional review on the safeties. That's a little bit of a of a niche for an entire podcast, so we're going to talk about some other things as well, but but the safety position is one that I think is interesting and and as we move forward uh and and look at how this is going to be approached we talked about um the free agents yesterday the the players that are going to be free agents two of them are safeties coming up this offseason for the packers one of them is a is a longtime starter and so the packers are going to have some some choices to make now before we get there something really fun and interesting to me happened on packers twitter yesterday and that was packers wire Um, put out a question, and that was, what is the best Packers Super Bowl moment? And, you know, I I guess I didn't go back to the first two, you know, in 66 and 67. I I will admit to not being alive when those games were played. And I'm sorry if that offends anyone. (laughs) But I just, you know, I I think, obviously, the, the Lombardi on the shoulders moment Had I watched it live, I think would have been incredibly powerful and that would have been great. But if we're looking just at the last 30 years, and I think if you follow Packers Wire on Twitter, you are also thinking that way, that you you basically have the 96, the 97, and the 2010 Super Bowl to choose from. My guess would be you wouldn't have anything in the, in the 1997 Super Bowl on your list. The Elway helicopter is an iconic Super Bowl moment, but not for Packers fans. Packers fans don't want to think about that. That's not a great moment if you cheer for the green and gold. I think, you know, maybe you you think about the what ifs of, you know, what if the Packers convert that fourth down in the Super Bowl? I, I think pretty much everyone watching the game of a certain age after the Packers let the Broncos score felt like, you know, this is Brett Favre. And they've got Antonio Freeman and Robert Brooks, Mark Chimura, Dorsey Levins. This offense is going to go down the field and score, and they're going to win. And that's not what happened. The one that I put forward was the Favre to rise in touchdown at the beginning of Super Bowl 31. And not just because you know it kicked off the first Super Bowl that the Packers had played in in over a generation. I mean, you're talking about going from 67 to 96, 29 years between Super Bowls for You know, one of the marquee, iconic franchises in football. But you have the MVP of the league, a midseason pickup, and this is the way that that this game starts: the Packers with this long touchdown to Andre Ryzen, Favre is taking his helmet off. He's running around the field. He's juiced up, and the Packers obviously win that Super Bowl. That moment for me is the one. That's the one that I'll never forget. I think there are plays in that game that that can be on the list. There, were, there it was interesting because there were a number of of plays that that were suggested to me that were countered that I thought yeah those are you know those are great plays. Are they great moments? And the Nick Collins interception return in the Super Bowl. That was that was cool because it was a it was obviously a big play and the Packers, you know, they they build a lead but no one felt like the game's over, and Nick Collins was really good. So that you know, as cool a play as that was, he goes to his knee, gets the penalty, whatever. But you know, is that an iconic play? Did you feel something special in the moment when that happened? I I didn't. Uh, you know, the the Reggie White sacks at the end of Super Bowl thirty one. That was another one that was that was put out to me. But when those happen, the Packers are up two scores. So Reggie, you know, setting the sack record, that was cool. But do those moments stick out with me or or is it because NFL films in the subsequent viewings of those of that game over and over again you you hear uh, you know, the radio call Reggie got him again. I mean, that's an iconic call. Is it you know, it was cool in the moment, but is it is it iconic? Is it something that you'll remember forever? I mean, maybe. It wasn't for me. The one that I find compelling is the Desmond Howard touchdown because the game had tightened. The Patriots in that Super Bowl, had they had cut down the lead. They kick off to Desmond Howard, and, and he does his thing. That was an incredible moment, and you're going, okay, this is the time when the Packers are going to win. This is, this is the moment. So I will accept that as a response. I, I like the the far horizon moment better, but I understand that moment. And then I think the other moment that sticks out for me is the is the Rodgers to Jennings third and 10 conversion late in the fourth quarter. And you know, if you've if you haven't listened to that Greg Jennings interview that that we did about that play and about a number of different plays, but we talked about it in that interview from a couple weeks ago. I, you know, I suggest you go back and find that. We have the rest of that Greg Jennings interview coming up later in the offseason. Because we talked for so long, I couldn't, I couldn't get it all into one podcast. But that play, it seemed to cement the win. It didn't, it didn't fully, you know, it didn't salt the game away. The Steelers still had a drive at the end of the game to try and win it. But that, that throw, given the circumstances, was pretty incredible. And, and Greg Jennings, I mean, he says in that interview when we talked that he felt like he was going to score. Once he caught the ball, he felt like he was going to score and if he had, obviously it would have been an even more memorable moment for Packers fans. Now the the Clay Matthews play, the fumble forced on Rashard Mendenhall. That came up a lot. And that was a that was an important play obviously. It it changed the momentum of the game. But it's hard for me to believe that that in the moment that was a play that Packer fans would have remembered forever if not for the NFL films where Kevin Green goes up to Clay Matthews and says, it is time. It is time. It is such an iconic line with Packers fans. It's in the open of this podcast. I mean, this is this is something that every Packers fan knows exists. And it, and it gives me chills to talk about. Because it was such a, you know, this is, it is time for you to make a play. Go make a play. And he goes and makes a play. And that makes that moment incredible. But only in retrospect. That was not an incredible moment live. It was a great play. It was an important play. But we didn't know Kevin Green had said that. We didn't know the context of that. And so short of knowing that, how can that moment... Have been special. It was an important play in the biggest game of the year. So it is an important play. But was it an important moment? Was it a great moment? As you're watching, are you going, I'm going to remember this forever? No. That throw, Rodgers to Jennings, you felt in the moment, oh my God. Or that throw, Favre to Ryzen, you thought, this is amazing. The Desmond Howard kick return—you thought, holy crap, we're gonna win the Super Bowl if you're a Packers fan. So anyway, I, I, it was it was a fun conversation to have. If you have an opinion, feel free to share it at Peter underscore Bukowski at Locked On Packers. Let me know your thoughts. I would love to hear about it. it. It is fun to reminisce about these things, and I think if you, I mean, if you looked at playoff memories, I mean, to me the iconic memory of that Super Bowl season in 2010 is not even in the Super Bowl. I mean, the iconic moments from that that run are, you know, the torching of the Giants to keep their season alive, at you know, in December. Or Rodgers destroying the Falcons in the divisional round. Or the B.J. Raji pick six. I mean, I don't think about the Steelers game as much. Now 96 you think about the 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 Super Bowl. I mean I was my first ever game at Lambo Field was the the 96 divisional game against the 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 49ers in the mud. And obviously the 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 Panthers NFC title game was a romp and so it, it you know it it's not particularly memorable outside of the fact that they just beat the hell out of the Panthers. But that that Super Bowl, I mean I remember You know, I've watched the NFL films a bunch, but I remember a lot of that game. That has to do with my age. I think a lot of the people that listen to this show are going to feel the same way. But I got a lot of responses on Twitter that that a lot of the 2010 moments were bigger because people were, you know, not quite as aware in in 96. So maybe that says something about the audience of this podcast and, and the age of those people. And, you know, if you're six or seven During that game, maybe you have a different perspective if you're 9, 10, 11, 12. I get that. That's fine. Let's hope that in the next couple years, there can be more memories made. Before we move on, I want to remind you about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. I tell you about it every day. Don't forget. Enter by putting your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes, and you could win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $39.99 value. It gets you access to player grades, Snap counts, tools, charts, NFL draft data, NFL fantasy data, college data, all sorts of data. All of it could be yours for free by putting your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. It is that easy. and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like
1: the worst in the league. Here, Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, let's get to our positional review of the Packers' safety position. They they had essentially four starters over the course of the season, and, and that was due to injury but also due to design because they wanted to play Nitro. Morgan Burnett was going to play some linebacker, and things did not play out that way because Morgan Burnett couldn't stay healthy. Ha-Ha Clinton Dix did not play well. Josh Jones is a rookie, and Kentrell Bryce got hurt. And so that is that is where the Packers really I think it's not that they need to upgrade but I think it's one of those things where they need to decide is Haha Clinton Dix the ideal fit for what they want to do defensively and that's going to be based on Mike Pettin. how does Morgan Burnett fit in and how does Josh Jones fit in because the other three guys are are projects at best and I think expendable at worst if you look at this passing defense they were 26th. In pass defense DVOA in 2017. And the the shuffling at corner obviously affected that ranking, but I think the safety position, because Ha Clinton Dick regressed in terms of being a playmaker, in terms of his tackling, in terms of his impact on the game. He didn't flow downhill in the same way. He didn't make tackles. He was not an impact player in the passing game at all. That was a huge problem for the Packers defense. Let's start with Haha Clinton Dix. I think he was a C player last year. And he will tell you that he was fine and that he did everything that was asked of him. And maybe that's true. I find that hard to believe, but maybe that's true. Even if that's true, he was not an impact player, he missed tackles, and he, he just didn't do anything in terms of being dynamic. At the position, and and the best free safeties in the game are ranging. They're making plays. They're getting interceptions. They're getting pass breakups. They're they're making critical tackles. And he just didn't do that. And I and I don't want to hear excuses. I understand that Dom Capers hamstrung this defense in a lot of different ways because of the scheme that he played. But at a certain point, you got to go go. You got to go do it. Go make a play. And he just didn't do that consistently enough. That doesn't mean that I think that the Packers should give up on him. They shouldn't. But he's going to have to prove it this year. In in the first year with Mike Pettin's defense, he's going to have to prove that he is a top-level player. Or the Packers could just be like, we're done. We like Josh Jones. Maybe they re-signed Morgan Burnett. They're going to be in position at 14 to take an impact safety. Derwin James is likely going to be available at 14. Or maybe they take a linebacker like Roquan Smith and the combination of Morgan Burnett and Josh Jones is enough that they can say, you know, we like our we like this athletic linebacker we brought in. We think Josh Jones and or Morgan Burnett can play deep, so haha, you're out. We're not paying you. He has to feel like his job is on the line. Now, I think Mike Pettin is going to put him in a better position, a better position to succeed, but that's that's hardly a guarantee that he's going to play better. He has to play better. Now, Morgan Burnett, I, it's a B- minus for me. I, I can't fault him for the injuries, but he didn't play enough. And so that, that dings him. Now, he had to play slot corner. He had to play linebacker. He played all over the field. I would have liked to see him play deep more, and I would have liked to see him... Stay as a slot corner, and I think they could have utilized Josh Jones in in different kinds of ways. I thought they could have used him as a linebacker more. We'll get to that in a second. Burnett is a solid player. I mentioned this on Monday. I don't think the, you know, they have these projected market value numbers. I just don't think he's the kind of impact player that can say I should get eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. He's just not. I mean, if you look at the safeties in the league, the guys that are getting the big money, they're guys who get interceptions, and they're guys who make a bunch of tackles. And and, and I don't want to I don't want to be overly dependent on production here, but Morgan Burnett is not an impact pass defender. He is not a turnover creator, and he is not he's not a field tilter. He's just not. I mean, he seems like a, Mike McCarthy loves him. He is versatile, he is solid. But that's all he is. He's solid. I think if the Packers say, we're not going to go over, above $6 million, $7 million, they can get him for that number. Because who's going to give him more than that? Who's going to give him 8 ten million $9, $10 million? I just don't know who that team is out there that, that sees what Morgan Burnett has been and what he can be and what he is and says, yeah, that guy is as good as Rashad Jones. Or that guy is as good as Cam Chancellor. Or that guy is as good as Earl Thomas. Or that guy is as good as Jarrus Bird was when he got a billion dollars from the Saints. I mean, he's just not that guy. And so I think the Packers can bring him back on a reasonable contract and he can and he can contribute for them. Josh Jones as a rookie, C plus for me. He showed he showed flashes, he made some impact plays here and there. I think he did what was asked of him in a lot of cases and i think he he was put in a position to fail too often but that's what he did it seemed like he, you know he 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 bit on some fakes that created big plays and he was out of position often but when they just said hey man coverage against you know their tight end or their running back he can do that or hey you're going to play linebacker and we just need you to go chase down the ball carrier. Or we're going to put you on the edge, and we're going to send you on a blitz. He can do those things. So I'm anxious to see him with Mike Pettin. I think that's the guy. I wrote this for Acme Packing Company a couple weeks ago. Josh Jones, to me, is the guy that benefits most from Mike Pettin because I think he was the guy that was most consistently put in a position to fail last year, given his talent. You don't put a guy that you drafted to be a dime linebacker as your deep safety over and over and over again. You drafted him because he plays well near the line of scrimmage. Give him opportunities to play in coverage. Give him opportunities as a blitzer. Give him opportunities to be a run defender. Not to, not to have calls in the passing game in complex coverages that he's just not equipped to play in. It just doesn't make any sense to use him that way. So the fact that they did says less about Jones and more about Dom Capers. And so we're going to find out if Mike Pettin can put him in a better position to succeed and if that means that the pick ends up being better, if his talent really shines through. We know what his physical ability is. At his size, with his speed, and his athletic traits, he should be an outstanding defensive player. He showed the instincts to do that at times. But he was asked to do things that he's just not capable of as a rookie. I think he makes the biggest leap from 17 to 18 in the Mike Patton defense. Him and and Kevin King. Now there's three players left that I think are worth discussing. All of them got incompletes for me. Kentrell Bryce, Marwin Evans, Isaiah Whitehead. We talked about Isaiah Whitehead. He's an exclusive rights free agent. I think he comes back. I think all three of those guys come back. I, I didn't understand why Whitehead was playing over Evans, and maybe it's you know it's a coverage thing. It's a it's a man coverage thing. Whitehead they put in the slot. Maybe they don't feel like Evans can do that. But I like Evans' physical tools. I don't know why he hasn't been given a better run playing actual safety versus just being a special teams player. But I think you know this could be a, a critical year for him. Kentrell Bryce, same deal. I will not be surprised if the Packers go into this draft and say, we need to get a safety to get better. We need to take Derwin James. Maybe that's on their radar. I don't know. They were 26th in pass defense DVOA, 21st against tight ends, and 29th against running backs. And I think the latter two statistics really speak to a failure of deployment of these safeties. They were also 23rd defending the middle of the field and 24th defending deep. Very clearly, those numbers are a reflection of the play of the safeties. This was a below average group in 2017. And it is not out of the realm of possibilities that the Packers think they need to go either draft a player or get into free agency to get some of these players. If they're going to go into free agency, I think the only way to go, well, there are two players that that are intriguing to me. Kenny Vaccaro and Eric Reed, They're both 26. They're both former high picks. And I think they're going to both cost similar to, to Morgan Burnett, but they're both, I think, more athletic. They're both two years younger. They both have more experience being playmakers. They create turnovers at a higher rate. They have better athletic traits. But Kenny Vaccaro was sort of a he was sort of a maverick player like like Burnett was. He played in the slot. He played strong safety. He played free safety. Eric Reed is a more traditional free safety player. So it would be a potential wonky fit next to Haha Clinton Dix. But we don't know how Mike Pettin wants to deploy Clinton Dix. Does he want Haha to be exclusively a, a deep middle safety or a deep half safety? If they're going to play a little bit more two shell, maybe you want a player like Eric Reed, or maybe even if the, if you want to play more man because he has the athletic ability, maybe you're you're going to say, okay, Eric Reed, you're going to go cover some tight ends, you're going to go cover running backs. I don't know why you wouldn't just bring back Morgan Burnett. He's a guy you're more familiar with, but if the cost is less, maybe it makes sense. I, it would be very out of character for the Packers to let a safety walk, one that they drafted and developed. To sign another one. That would be odd for them and out of character. And I just, I don't see it happening. But I, I don't think it's crazy to think that at 14, a Derwin James could be in play for the Packers. There is just one more NFL game left. And so if you want a, a more in-depth breakdown of the Super Bowl, maybe you want to bet. MyBookie.ag Go to Lockdown Eagles. That is a great show. There's going to be a ton of, of information there. And, and Breakdown, go to Lockdown Patriots. I know that's a tough sell for a lot of Packers fans, a lot of NFL fans. But both of those shows are great. and, and they're And they're worth diving into if you want a, a deep, local breakdown of this game and these teams. I emphasize local because I think no one knows those teams better than the guys and girls that are there every day in the locker room. That are there following them religiously that is the information you want to get those are the people you want to listen to so go and and get locked on eagles get locked on patriots get locked on nfl and then this off season get locked on draft because that I i can't get everything there's going to be packers news if you want draft news that's where you got to go and if you want to be up to date on the super bowl you got to go locked on eagles you got to go locked on patriots Alright, our last show of the week will be Thursday. We're gonna to get to news. We'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. I think it's it's worth discussing the Packers in relation to those teams. I, I think that's an interesting comparison to make. Could this team have competed with those teams? I, I said a couple weeks ago that I think it's it's clear the Packers are behind the Eagles. But could they have be beaten this Patriots team with Aaron Rodgers? I think that's a good that's a good question to ask, and I think it's it's valid. Could the Patriots fall off? Josh McDaniels leaves, Matt Patricia leaves, Brady's another year older. There's only so much avocado ice cream to go around. So we'll get into that a little bit. I don't want to get bogged down in it just because, you know, I think one of the reasons that Packer fans are listening to this podcast is because it's hard to find content about your team that isn't Super Bowl related. It's hard to find any NFL content right now that's not Super Bowl related. And it's hard. If you're a Packer fan, you feel like your team should be in this game. And it can be difficult to watch. I totally understand that. So I don't want to just bum everybody out. But I, I want to make it relatable. I want I want you to be engaged with the content. So we're going to do that on Thursday. Get to some news. Get to some some different kinds of things. And then we'll be back for, for another three shows next week. I appreciate you following along. Once, once this week finishes, there are no more games for months. But that doesn't mean we won't have things to talk about. Important things to discuss. So stay Locked On, the Packers.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now?